Welcome to We Found Another Hour, a podcast and ministry of Grace Baptist Church, Springfield, Tennessee. Listen now as we join our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guests as they give biblical insight into your toughest theological questions as we explore the Bible together. Well, we welcome y'all back. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. We're back in the studio with now our regular guest and uh, well, I say our regular guest, our regular studio personalities, uh, Brother N and Brother Landon have joined us. And of course, we got Little Country, our Little City and Big Country, and Dr. Delicious is back for his last episode before he ventures off to Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, Brad, what, what? Bradfordville First Baptist Church, Tallahassee, Florida. How was it? Man, that's eager right there. That's good stuff. Like well, it. I'm excited, and uh, we're excited for you. And I know they're excited down in Florida. What What is, uh, you've been thinking about this now, as you've been praying for where God is uh, has called you to go serve. What What do you, what is your most, um, what are you most excited about in living in Florida, and what are you most not excited about living in Florida? I'm excited for the potential, both for the kingdom of God and worship and reaching out to those folks. They need Jesus, like uh, Tennesseans and Mississippians and Alabamans. And uh, the thing I least look forward to is the heat. I just hate it. I hate the humidity. I hate the heat. And so I'm going to be like one perpetual puddle. The whole time I'm there. Oh, there's those words. Are you going to use some of those big words? Yeah, uh, give us give us just a few words. To puddle, yeah, perpetual. You know, you're always known for bringing these elaborate words to the studio uh, for our podcast. Yes. And um, so, what what are some of those words that you're going to throw on them down in Florida? Oh, I'm going to give them the whole dictionary. Tertiary. Tertiary. We're going to talk about tertiary and perpetual. We're going to talk about all them words. Listen, you're going to be popular down there. There's no doubt about that. As a perpetual puddle. And uh, so are you going to preach with a shirt on or off? I'm going to keep it on until I get really fired up. (laughs) And then you're coming out. No, I get a new shirt. (laughs) (laughs) I'll sweat through the first one and go to the next one. So like here, I told you we went, uh, we're back in one service for a little while and uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's great. It's like I'm on vacation. I've not preached one service in a long time. So I'm enjoying that. We're back together as a family. Uh, it's a big family and it's tight and you think it's uh, been hot in the studio. It gets real hot when you cram all those people in there. But for a season, it's, it's, it's great and we, uh, we're enjoying it. But for, and when you go to Tallahassee, like tell us your preaching schedule. What, what, what does your schedule look like? Or do you know? Well, I'm going in view of a call, and then my, my sermon in view of a call is when the preacher comes to town. Mm. I'm going to preach a sermon on that. That's going to get you elected. It is. <laughs> I mean, you, hey, listen, you might be governor by the And then we're going to talk about, we're going to launch into a series, and we're going to talk about God's game plan for the church, and we're going to talk about the purposes of the church and why he established the church uh, in the world today. So how many times do you preach? I preach in the mornings, and I, on Sunday mornings, and then I preach on Wednesday nights. Do y'all have Sunday night service? 
We do not. Wow. <laughs> Are you going to implement a Sunday night service? I have no intentions at this moment because I just want to get to know the people, love the people, and then lead the people. I miss Sunday night. Now, you know, since uh, really the, the last two or three years here, I have, uh, I, I mean, we, we've transitioned and we don't have a Sunday night service. I miss that Sunday night service. Boy, that was a time that, that things could happen. <laughs> things, could, <laughs> things could happen. Uh, again, we ought to do video. Yeah. We ought to do video of this podcast. So, uh, well, we're going to miss you, Dr. Delicious. Uh, we're praying for you, and uh, thank you for being a part. Let me say one thing. Grace Baptist Church is a wonderful place, and I have thoroughly enjoyed getting to know folks in the church. I love the pastor at Grace Baptist Church, and I appreciate him. Well, he's awesome. And I, uh, I've met him. Well, I know. He thinks so, and his wife thinks so, so there's a majority <laughs> there. No, no, no. But, uh, leave my wife out. Don't speak for her. Don't speak for her. Grace, thank you for uh, loving us and letting us serve alongside you, and we'll pray for you, and we're thankful for you and the role you played in our lives. Uh, as we're moving to this new place of ministry. Well, we're grateful again. Uh, you're no stranger, and we talked about this early on and a couple of seasons back. You're no stranger to uh, Springfield and Robertson County, uh, where we're located uh, here in Middle Tennessee, because you pastored here at right down the road at Springfield Baptist. And as a matter of fact, uh, Brother Caleb, you were telling us earlier that your parents were, where are they at? My, in, my in-laws are in Montana. No, no, North Dakota, North Dakota. Isn't that the same place? I, 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 they go all over the place. So. Listen, you get up past the Mason-Dixon line, you know, yeah. up around it's all, um, if it's Kentucky, Hoptown. It's the same. Yeah. So if, if are, there's distinction. You can always know what part of the country you're in by how they make their tea. Am I right on that? Yeah. I mean, when you have to ask for sugar, then uh, yeah, if it doesn't come already in there, then then you're not in. Yeah, I mean you're not in the south. That's when you know you south. need to start handing out some gospel tracts. <laughs> if, if the if the tea comes unsweetened automatically, if the tea's not just right, assume they're not saved. And you if the tea's up. not right, their soul's not right. That's right. <laughs> I mean that's that's the indicator right there. Uh, but you, so your parents, you said they met some people from Springfield, and they actually knew Doctor Level. My in-laws met some people from Springfield. They said they knew. Uh, Brother David and uh, I think they were from Spring. Yeah, I think they were from Springfield, and so you know I was a little nervous to ask them if they knew you, Brother Steve. <laughs> but I think they did. But that's all they said. I don't know if they said anything they else. They, they, t- they went on and on about Brother David. Did you did you ask them if they knew Doctor Delicious? I don't. I don't think. I don't think they asked him that. Now they may. Would they ever call world. you that at your former church? Either uh, any church? Not in a million years. <laughs> Well, we do have a video testimony of Dr. Delicious in action at Synergy Summer Camp. We ought to put some of that, I think, on the website and let our listeners go and and maybe some of those from Tallahassee. That needs to be in the National Archives. <laughs> well, we can post it on their Facebook page. Let them let them get a little taste. I think that I think that'd be great because he did a lot of dancing, yeah. and you know, we Baptists we're not accustomed to dancing. I'm a good dancer. I'm prepping for heaven. Okay, there I'm we a, go. Let, let's let, now. Let's we on the podcast. We always want to be insightful and honest. I'm not going with good dancer. <laughs> See, he's a dancer. 
He's a dancer. He danced. He he is a biblical. He's a Baptist dancer, no doubt about that. Well, guys, um, again, thank you for joining us, and uh, listeners, thank you for your support and listening. Uh, thank you for the questions that you're sending in. We've got some great questions, and uh, we're going to get to those questions. We got one. Uh, as you know, we read the Bible in a year, and we challenge our congregation and subsequently our listeners uh, to. Um, uh, follow the Bible, the biblical reading plan that we send out. Uh, we send it out via text. If you want to be a part of that uh, text messaging system, you can simply call uh, in the outro. We'll give you the uh, number to Grace Baptist Church. We'll get you on that biblical reading. Um, but then what we do is we answer questions. We do that in email format. We do that here on the podcast. And typically at least one semester, of our year i'll teach a read the bible in a year class and and basically answer those in person as well so we want to do everything we can to strengthen uh your your biblical insight as you read along the bible's not uh an easy book to read now uh it's imperative that we read it uh this is why i'm grateful as we talked about in our last podcast about the holy spirit uh, that helps uh, guide us in all truth, and um, the Bible is truth. We know that from John chapter 17. Uh, Jesus said, sanctify them in the truth, and your word is the truth. So we want to take his word and apply uh, its truth to our life, but we need help from time to time. Have y'all ever read the Bible and you're just like, what in the world did that say? Yep. Have y'all ever been there before? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I, I'm there every morning. I'm there every morning. I'm reading that, and I'm like, what? Of course, I mean, my spiritual gift is, is dumb. You know, I mean, that's just... So I, I have a hard time. And that's why I'm grateful for people like Brother David who helps me answer these questions. Um, but with this, what we want to do is be a resource. As you read along the Bible, we want to help answer your questions. We're going to do that in just a moment. Let's take a quick break and come back, and I'll introduce our question, and uh, we can get to answering. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to We Found Another Hour, a podcast and ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Springfield, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about our church or any of its affiliates, please go online to www.gbcspringfield.org or simply write to us via email at podcast at gbcspringfield.org. We'd love to hear from you. Let's continue now listening as our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guest continue to give biblical insight to your toughest theological questions. All right, we're back. We've got a great question. Uh, our listener out of the book of Acts, Acts chapter 8, one of my favorite books in all the Bible. As a matter of fact, I'm teaching this on Wednesday night we're in a class for Grace University. We call it Back to the Basics. And... Um, you know, the book of Acts just gives us the foundation of how everything started uh, in regards to God's uh, empowered instrument and tool on planet Earth uh, for the purpose of perpetuating the gospel. That is the definition of the church. And if you've been saved, uh, you've given your life to Jesus, you are a, par a part of the church. So, uh, but I, I like to go back to the beginning and um, get back to the basics. So as we read through the book of Acts, um, I, I'm grateful uh, to because it energizes us. It, it helps us to understand our mission and how to be missional and really what our purpose is. But our listener had a question out of Acts chapter 8, verse uh, 16. 
Um, and, and basically what we find here, and, and Brother Caleb, or Brother David, I'll let you set up where we are in Acts chapter 8. And, and don't, don't say that Acts chapter 8 comes directly after Acts chapter 7. Well, as I study God's Word, um, chapter 8 comes after chapter 7. So, I, I, And there you go. That's or, my moment of Alabama theology. Or, or you can say before 9. I was going to say, in Mississippi we say before 9. Exactly, and so when you understand, we're better together. You need to understand the Book of Acts. It is the it is the genesis of the new church. It's the it's the beginning of the church that Jesus died for and rose again. And so when you come to chapter eight, you see Stephen. Chapter seven, Stephen's just been put to death. He's been martyred for the cause of Christ. You see, Saul is uh, persecuting the church. And uh, you also see Philip uh, being a missionary, taking the gospel beyond where he is currently residing. And so the gospel is, is going forth in literally concentric circles, um, ultimately to the whole world. And uh, that's where we find ourselves. And we see the Holy Spirit becoming an integral part of that process as people surrender to Jesus as Lord. All right, so in Acts chapter 8, and really I'm going to give you the nature of the question from our listener. And basically here, here and I'll, I'll read the passage, and again, the question will make more sense. But the question basically is, why did the Holy Spirit, why did not the Holy Spirit come immediately like he does now? So let, let me kind of set that up by reading this passage of Scripture. Uh, and verse, I'm going to start with verse 14 of Acts chapter 8. Now, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, the gospel, I mean, basically, as you say, um, Brother David, uh, the, the gospel has moved forth from Jerusalem, not in the fashion it will in a couple more chapters, but the gospel has moved forth. Uh, Philip has, uh, this is after, uh, Philip has gone to Samaria. We see the Ethiopian eunuch uh, that is uh, uh, touched with the gospel, is saved by the gospel. So in all of this now, uh, and that's going to come afterwards, but Philip's moved to Samaria and he's sharing the gospel. So when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the gospel, the word of God, they sent them Peter and John. Okay, now these guys are coming with apostolic authority. That's important. Uh, and verse 15, Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit had not fallen upon any of them. They simply have only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So now the question makes a little bit more insight. Why did they have the Holy Spirit? Because we know from the day of Pentecost, you know, God says, when, when, when I go, when I send to the Father, I'm going to send you the Spirit. He's going to empower you, and you shall be my witnesses. Jerusalem, that's Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, remotest part of the earth. And at the day of Pentecost, the, the Holy Spirit came and indwelt those 12 apostles who were in the upper room. Uh, and in that, literally ignited a fire within them. Peter goes out and preaches a sermon empowered by the Holy Spirit. 3,000 men get saved. We don't know how many women and children get saved. And this is the, the start of the church. 
And, and Jesus had promised, and we know from other passages, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. I mean, we could go through uh, a, myriad, a myriad of passages where the Holy Spirit indwells believers. I said in our last podcast that the Holy Spirit would play a new role in the New Testament era in the church. And it would, uh, instead of resting upon certain folks like, and empowering them like it did in the Old Testament, Okay, it would come upon them. The Holy Spirit came upon David. The Holy Spirit came upon uh, the prophets. But they did. the Holy Spirit did not indwell them. And it was only for a season of time to empower them for a certain aspect of ministry. But now the Holy Spirit has promised to indwell us. And we see it from the get-go, from the day of Pentecost, when a person gets saved, that the Holy Spirit is now taking up residence in their life. But in Acts chapter 8... It's a, it's a strange phenomenon because these guys had heard the gospel. It's obvious that they've been saved and they've been baptized, but they had not received the Holy Spirit. Now, this, this is interesting because this also creates a dilemma in certain denominations and, and doctrinal, uh, doctrinal issues. But there is a great explanation and um, uh, I'm going to leave it up to you guys to give it to our listeners. What, what do y'all think? Well, I, I think that um, that typically the Holy Spirit would come and dwell somebody at, at the moment of belief. But the situation here is, is a little interesting because if you remember the history between the Jews and the Samaritans, uh, the Samaritans and Jews did not get along. In fact, they hated each other, and the Jews saw the Samaritans as people outside of, uh, of the people of God, almost uh, to the point where it would be impossible for these people to, uh, to, to be saved, to come into a relationship with God. And so when the Samaritans, when they hear that the Samaritans have received the word of God, that they've accepted Christ and been saved, they really can't believe it. So they send Peter and John and uh, Peter and John, when they come, they pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit, and they receive the Holy Spirit, and it's evident, um, and it doesn't exactly say how it's evident to them. Maybe there was a sign, a wonder, whatever, but it's, the way I understand this passage is that it's a verification that, yes, Samaritans can be saved. They can uh, come to faith in Christ and receive the Holy Spirit just like the Jews can. All right, that's good insight. What What are your thoughts, brother Landon? What's your thoughts on this passage? Uh, let's see. Uh, my initial thoughts for this passage were, uh, I was, I was more, I, I had more of a question than an answer after reading the question. Well, we're really here to answer the question, so we'll move on to brother Ian. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> um, uh, when I first read it. Uh, the question and the verse in reference I was more concerned with I didn't know if the person who was becoming saved becoming a believer actually understood the gospel that they heard and so that was the hesitation and uh, um, in the verse that we see in Acts 8.16 but upon hearing Brother Caleb's explanation it does click better for me now all right Hey, he's not been to seminary yet, but he's on his way. He's, he's going to dazzle him down there he, at New Orleans. He's Baptist interacting with the Word. That's good. Yeah. Brother David, what are your thoughts? I, we want to hear from Dr. I'll Delicious. I'll say something that may be taken uh, as a controversy, but 
No, uh, there's no way you would say anything controversial. Acts tells us the story of the early church. Um, there were things that happened in the early church or in that period of Acts that were unique to Acts. There were some things in Acts that are still a part of the church even today. And here's the, what I'll say. Don't let Acts become your primary book of theology. Because of that transitional time, there are, there are parts that are going to happen only in Acts, and there are parts that are going to happen throughout Christendom. So, as it relates to the Holy Spirit, here's There's what you have to There's one of the words, Christendom. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I'll spell it for you after. Uh, throughout Christendom, uh, you've got to be able to take that. The Holy Spirit didn't come all at once. And, and, but in Acts, there was a transition, if you will, of the Holy Spirit coming. Part of that could have been for the purpose of unity because of the difference between Samaritans and Jews and Gentiles. And so in so doing, the Lord was bringing unity to his church because he was teaching his church through this time. We know now the Holy Spirit comes at the moment of conversion. When we surrender and believe to Jesus, in Jesus, we become believers in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so um, under, understanding that period of transition, I think, helps inform your understanding of this passage. Um, does the Holy Spirit come to believers? Absolutely. Uh, did he come to every person at, this, at the moment of them coming to the Lord in Acts? No. Did he come? Absolutely. And so there's that timing issue that you don't need to get too strung out about because God's heart is for his people and for them to know him. But uh, I think it was birthed in the unity of the church and a desire for the church to be unified. Well, that's great insight. I want to uh, pick back up. I want us to take a break. I want to pick back up on that, uh, Brother David, and uh, and share how this could be confusing doctrinally and where some churches may get derailed uh, in their theology. I think it's a great point when you say you take your theology from the whole Bible, not just one book, because it's it's it. He's given the Lord's given it to us to shape who we are. So we have to take it as a whole from Genesis to Revelation. Yes. All right, so we'll be back in just a moment uh, right after uh, this commercial break. You're listening to We Found Another Hour, a podcast and ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Springfield, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about our church or any of its affiliates, please go online to www.gbcspringfield.org or simply write to us via email at podcast at gbcspringfield.org. We'd love to hear from you. Let's continue now listening as our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guests continue to give biblical insight to your toughest theological questions. All right, we're back. Brother David, you brought good insight in terms of shaping our theology and this. Uh, and really, again, we're, reminded, we're talking about in, in Acts chapter 8, why was there a delay in the Holy Spirit in this particular situation? Um, after this, we really, we really don't see the delay in the Holy Spirit and His indwelling of believers. Um, but there, there's a particular reason. It's obvious that that delay happens here. 
So we're trying to bring insight for our listener who said, you know, why, why the delay? Why didn't the Holy Spirit come like he does now? Why? Sometimes the question is posed like this. Why doesn't the Holy Spirit work um, you know, then like he does now? But we have to understand the Holy Spirit's always worked the same way. He's just had right. different roles. That's right. Um, and here, again, there's a uniqueness to this particular situation. Brother uh, Caleb, you talked about um, the, the difference between the Samaritans and the Jews, you got to remember that the Samaritans and the Jews were not friends. And uh, they were bitter rivals and bitter enemies. Um, and so they didn't like uh, one another too much. This is why Jesus told uh, a scathing parable about the Good Samaritan. Uh, it was scathing because he literally, um, you know, uplifted the Samaritan and denounced the Jews uh, within that parable and the way that their heart was so uh anytime the 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 idea of a samaritan uh you remember when jesus in john chapter 4 walked uh i mean intentionally walked through samaria and like this was like a no-no i don't know if that's the right i've been hanging around you guys that's got kids it was a salacious parable oh good night Is that well, maybe, hey, that's better than my no-no. <laughs> <laughs> Where did I come up with no-no? You know, like you no-no. That, when you said that, you were trying to communicate with our staff members from Mississippi. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I, I mean, he did look directly at me. I forgot. I forgot. That's straight for Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Yep. I think we're on the way to nicknames here. I think we got it. Um, the Rebel. So, you know... So the, the, the question becomes, why was there a delay? And I think that we've all hit on it here. Uh, Brother Derek or Brother Ian, do y'all have any thoughts on this? We, we've got Brother Landon's exquisite. Mm. Good word. Mm. Ex- ex- exquisite explanation. Mm. Not only is that a great word, it's alliterated. Oh. Mm. Okay. It's good stuff. It's yes. really good stuff. It's deep. So I, I, I'm kind of on the same page with this, is that I think we do need to remember this is such a unique situation. This is the, my understanding, I can't find anywhere else, but this is the, the first time that the gospel is shared outside of Israel, outside of Jerusalem, to people that are not Jews. And there, there is kind of going back to what Brother Caleb said, they're needing that, that verification uh, it allows for the apostles to come down. Now, in all honesty, there is some big questions. Why did God operate this way? What, what is his, the message he's bringing? Uh, what do we take from this? I'm not sure. I'm going to need y'all's help to kind of fill me in on, on what's his purpose from this. But it, it just emphasizes, as Brother David put it, this is such a unique situation. There, there's these evidences of all these transitions. Uh, it's, we see things that look like the Old Testament in Acts, and then we see things that look and feel real familiar with the New Testament. Um, and so it's, it is, I think it's a good way to put it, it's a transitional phase, the uniqueness that we can branch off from. Brother Ian, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm going to bring another alliteration to the to the table. So, what, bring it on. What, one of the things, hey, we're, we're a bunch of preachers, is what we do. And so, I, I looking at um, all the way from 4, all the way to 24, and getting the whole picture of what's happening here, um, for me, what I, what I love most about it is we see 
really for what I'd say one of the first times with this being acts and really seeing missions done this way and seeing missions being active and going out is we see uh, missions, ministry, and maturity of the church really happening all at once. Somebody get some uh, a pen and paper and write that. I'm preaching now. And so, so when you can when take that as your trial sermon. I'm going to Bradfordville with that out. Hey, yeah, you know, I don't know if he's on fire. Or the AC's out. I'm gonna say the AC's helping. Um, so it's helping today. It's cooked my brain. But we see, we, we even see Philip struggling with the things that are happening, and, and he sees what, uh, or Simon rather, is struggling, and he sees what Philip's doing, and he sees what the others are doing, and he's, he's confused by it, and to the point that he actually, he tries to offer them money. He's like, hey, can you, you know, hey, um, and, um, it's in, um, in 18, when Simon saw the Spirit was given through the laying on of hands, he offered them money. Like there was this this sense of we seeing this maturity that can only come from the Holy Spirit falling on on believers, and so um, I think there's just a a uniqueness in in God really trying to point out too to us, hey, maturity in faith does not come from an act of just praying or just baptism. It comes only from me yeah. indwelling. So. Amen. I think that's a good word. You, you know, my takeaway. I, I take all you guys. You got some. Um, great insight to this my my personal takeaway uh kind of goes back to brother caleb and brother Derek. well really what you all said was unity hmm. i believe that it was purposeful in this situation and if we'll let god be god he knows how to be god yep. he knows exactly what we need and i think uh that that it was t- timely even though it was a unique experience it was timely for god on both counts one Again, when you take the Jew and the Samaritan situation, they were at odds. So obviously, uh, the apostles and the and the church at Jerusalem, they needed some validation on this thing. Brother Caleb, you mentioned that. I mean, they, they needed to see that that these folks had truly gotten saved by the gospel, and that it was first to the Jew, but then. To the Gentile, as Paul would later explain in in Romans, uh, so and that was you know a good inroad to that would be to the Samaritans who weren't Gentiles, but the Jews didn't consider them Jews either. So this is a perfect inroad to that. Now, with that being said, my thought pattern went to the church needed validation, but yet the Samaritans um, needed confirmation. In other words, that they were receiving. You could have easily, without the timeliness of the Holy Spirit, without the timeliness of God, you could have had two different churches that moved in two different directions. Mm-hmm. And that is not the object of the church. That is not the objective. That's not the mission. We're all one. This is the only place where on planet Earth, even today, that you can gather in a room and nobody's the same, but we share one thing in common. We're sinners in need of a Savior. Amen. No matter what ethnicity, uh, ethnic background we come, what, no matter what socioeconomic background, a church is made up of all of these, uh, what I call flavors. It's like Baskin Robbins. But the one thing that we share in common is that we're sinners in need of a Savior, and we've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, and it's put us unified on a unified front. 
the timeliness of the Holy Spirit not coming immediately, I think solidified that. It gave uh, the apostles an opportunity to see uh, what is taking place in their life. And it also, for the Samaritans, it brought them under apostolic authority. They understood and they because the Holy Spirit only came through their laying of hands. So they received the Holy Spirit through the leadership of the church. And I think in that itself, it unified everything. I think the goal was unity, certainly. And I think that's why in this book of transition called Acts, um, the, the Spirit of God's working in the heart of believers for the purpose of unity in the body. And it, in some ways, it parallels our podcast last week because Jesus acted in Thomas's best interest when he said, touch me. And he acted in Mary's best interest when he said, Mary, let go of me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so he was working in each one of their lives in an individual way, but for the same goal. And so I see that in some ways right here in this passage as well. Well, guys, thank you again. Our time's up. And uh, Brother David, we wish you well. We love you. We're praying for you. Do you have plenty of toothpicks? Yes, I'm taking a box that have been given to me by the staff, and I'm very honored by this gift. Well, I mean, as you leave. 40000 is enough? I think it'll do for a few weeks. I mean, that that ought to get you through Christmas anyway. So, uh, of course, down there in in Florida, you know, they're they're a tough breed down there. They're a tough bunch. Seminoles. That's right. That's Mm -hmm. right. So, uh, but we'll miss you. Again, guys, thank you for being in the studio. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you want to know more about being a follower of Christ, we'd love to tell you how you can get the Holy Spirit indwelt in your life, too, uh, through the power of the gospel. Also, don't forget... Uh, next week we'll reveal some of those names, the nicknames that you have uh, sent in. You've got some good ones too uh, for Landon, Brother Landon and Brother Ian. So get those in and uh, then we'll move to, to narrow those down. I think it, I think Ole Miss and Luscious are in the top. I like those. <laughs> Until next time, uh, we'll see you then. Thank you for listening to We Found Another Hour with your host, Dr. Steve Freeman a ministry and podcast of Grace Baptist Church of Springfield, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about becoming a follower of Christ, we'd love to have that conversation. Please contact us at 615-384-3393. For other questions or information regarding Grace Baptist Church or its affiliates, write to us via email, podcast at gbcspringfield.org. And as always, as we explore the Bible together, if you have a theological question that you'd like answered on our podcast, send the question to podcast at gbcspringfield.org. Thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless you.